0: In a world full of uncertainty, one thing is for sure: cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia & Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, and cure. Register at lls.org bigclimb it would mean a lot if you would do this uh, not only for everyone that's suffering from leukemia and lymphoma, but my wife's grandmother died of lymphoma. And so we'll definitely be participating in this. And we hope to see you participating as well on June 13th.
1: I'm Deontay Burden. And I'm down to dunk. I'm hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort.
0: What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Basley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Gildas Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host andrew Schleck. we're part of the athletic podcast network with me today is my good friend Mikelly Bear. Michaela, what's up
1: well um it depends do you sustain your like when you said that did you want to trade out our one of the best prospects that okc has <laughs> because if so i'm not sure if i want to go ahead with this podcast wow <laughs> okay
0: yeah, I mean, I do. I want to just trade him for if we could just trade him into space just to get rid of him. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm looking to do. So okay, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he's talking about Darius Baisley and I, and Eric Horn wrote a really great piece on him on the Athletic. Make sure that you're one. Make sure you're subscribed to the Athletic so you can go read this because it's very very good. And he's a guy that. There's a few guys like on the team. I feel like everybody always thinks about Chris Paul, everybody thinks about SGA, everybody thinks even Steven Adams is so many of the people has been at like the top of your mind. but I feel like Bazley some somebody, especially because he got hurt and hasn't been playing for a little while that we kind of forget about a little bit uh, and forget about what his potential trajectory could be. And so if you go I mean if you go read this, it's it's packed with everything. I mean, it's got video it's a great written piece. I mean, Eric's a wonderful writer, but it's got really great video on there. It's got even like an Instagram of him pumping iron on here. It's got charts, like a shot chart on here that it really tells you everything you need to know and like everything to remind you the kind of player that Baisley is. So I think that this is somebody that we should, we should talk about because I think that, that somehow the tanking conversation has started to ramp back up a little bit, at least on our show And he's somebody that's going to be a part of the future of the Thunder, whether it's a big part or a smaller part, you know, whether he's going to be the next Terrence Ferguson of this team or if he's going to be the next Serge Ibaka of this team. I mean, it's he's going to be a part of the story.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I subscribe whatever you said, I I read the piece um of Eric uh, and it's very good. And it's also good the series he's doing. Like he's basically going through all the young prospects. He did already a piece on SGA first. I think it was two weeks ago then then Ferguson and then and now Basley. I mean, there is a real chance that Baisley blossoms into a very useful player, and there's a chance that Basley follows the trajectory of a guy like Terence Ferguson or a Perry Jones, where you see the the You see glimpses of what he could be, but he he can never put it together for real. So everything is open with him. And that's why I think that if you are a team that wants to build something for the future, you try to hold on to guys like that. And you try to see how they developed in your system. And there is is time, I think, to move on from a player like Basley. He's super young. He has Mm -hmm. at least two... I mean, if he fails for the next two seasons, I will still try to to hold on to him and and wait yeah. because like players like that who like guards or maybe you can tell earlier, but he's like a, a guy that that plays a position of need in this league he's mm-hmm. a three slash four uh who can handle the ball uh who who has a shot that goes in um thirty percent is not great, but it's not awfully bad uh, and he does stuff on the court that you see. He he really, you say, he he really understand basketball, especially on defense. And this is the part, I I always say this, so people already know, but the fact that he was able to stay on the court defensively in his first year playing basketball professionally, it's it's really something. And it tells me that this is a guy that can be um, part of the future of OKC because playing defense in the NBA is extremely hard. I was watching some college basketball today and I said, wow, they are doing everything wrong. They're attached to shooters. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I was watching like Kira Lewis Jr. We'll discuss it in, in the next few days over uh, Thunder After Dark. And, and like the fact that they are not considering the other the opponent's abilities when they play defense, they just play like a a standard style of defense. In the NBA, is totally different, totally different. You have to know players. And this is something that, by the way, Eric mentioned in his piece about basically that he he was more comfortable like playing against the same team twice because he started to understand and process stuff in his head. And this is very, very good for a kid uh, his age.
0: Yeah, there's no question. And I think that you look back at this draft, and I think, and Eric addressed this as well, but the immediate question that you look at is like, oh, well, the Thunder traded Brandon Clark and traded back so they could get this guy. Why didn't they just take Brandon Clark? And I think that that's a fair question to ask because Brandon yeah. Clark has been very, very good for Memphis, an impact player. I mean, he came into OKC. I don't remember what he put up in OKC, but it was, he was a monster. He was: scoring, Yeah, scoring everything around the basket. And so to me, it's a, it's a very fair question to ask, because he's already hit a ceiling, and if that's Brandon Clark's ceiling, like he's already going to play in the league for 10 years. <laughs> you know I mean, that's, that's yeah. already a given that Brandon Clark is a guy that's just going to play in the league. It's not a given for Baisley yet. And, but the difference is Baisley has a ton of other skills that he could develop and and be the next. He could be the next Pascal Siakam, or he could be the next guy that's just out of the league. You know, he's got high ceiling, low floor. And I think that Clark's got a really low floor, or a really high floor, I mean. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's just extremely good. I mean, 12 points per game, almost six boards, one and a half assists, almost a block per game. Already he's made 40% of his threes, but he hasn't shot very many. He shot 52 threes this year. I'm talking about Brandon Clark. Yeah. Um, He's a good player. He's already a good player. Uh, Baisley has had flashes. Certainly he, he struggles being consistent, but most 19 year olds do. Uh, But he's, he's got a ways to develop. I mean, Brandon's already very developed and was ready to play in the league now. Uh, which is good, and and it's funny because the Grizzlies are for sure a rebuilding team. The Thunder aren't one yet. They will be one at some point, Um, but it's funny that that's another team that gets them, and and the argument for (coughs) Bazley is like, oh, well, he still has all this potential. Well, the Grizzlies already got him, and people consider him a part of their core. Yeah, here's his stat line against the Thunder. 27 points, 7 boards, uh, and an assist. I mean, he crushed the thunder 13 of 19 from the field uh he was spectacular uh but all that to say that the thunder still got a prospect that can do several things one like you said he can defend and has good defensive instincts uh two he can handle the ball which is huge for a guy his size yeah he can attack a closeout. He proved that time and time again. And that's something that Ferguson, if Ferguson could just attack a closeout at the level that Baisley could, he'd be a very good player. (laughs) He'd be already a very useful role player because we know that Ferg can shoot it and we know that Ferg can defend. And if he could just attack a closeout like Bays does, boom, you have your starting shooting guard right there. You know, that's it. But he can't do it. He's not shown the ability to be able to do it basically can basically can yeah. grab and go. He can you know, grab a rebound and lead the fast break. He can operate in the pick and roll some and he can for sure attack or close out and he's not afraid to shoot it. All those things are great building blocks for a player. If he can put it together, if he can shoot it at 33% or 34%, now we have a role playing power forward that can really move the ball and his passing is another thing is that this, this guy can be a glue guy type of role player. You know, it's, it's definitely within his skill set to be that. He could be more. Like I said, he's got a ceiling of a player that can really do anything. But if you're really hoping for what Bays can be, is SGA plus a couple lottery picks, plus whatever you can get in trade, plus maybe what you get in a Houston Rockets pick that's in the top 10 in the next five years... And you have a team. And Bazley is yep. just interesting. I think he's a part of like this new class of Thunder players that includes SGA, where these guys just really think the game at a high level. And the Thunder have had superstars that think the game at a high level. They haven't had a ton of role players that think the game at a high level. And so my, my hope is that Sam puts together a team of guys that really think the game at a high level because those are the teams right now. Like Those are the players, even the role players, that are just thriving in the league right now. Uh, The league is more complicated. Almost every year it gets more complicated. And so thinking the game at a high level is almost uh, a definite need for this team. If you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor? What would you say? A week, Maybe. Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want to treat that ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor, licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get your treatment that you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer. Complete a free online visit and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime that you have questions or you just want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you've struggled with ED, go to getroman.com forward slash down to dunk. For a free online visit and free two day shipping. That's getroman.com forward slash down to dunk for a free online visit and free two-day shipping.
1: The beauty about the Basil Peak, if it pans out, is that you're putting into your system a guy that understands the games and think the game at a higher level, but he is a very good athlete as well. He he's not a bad athlete. Like when when he has very good mobility. Both laterally and in his jump, uh, I remember watching him um, defending on a on a helps uh, in, in a help situation and and swatting a shot from like it, it was a jump shot around the, the the free throw line, and he showed athleticism. So it's not just that that you have a guy with an average. Um, athletic ability, I think he's above average. And so if you can get a player that again, thinks the game at a higher level, plus he is athletically an NBA player, you get something. Um, Brandon Clark, a few comments. I think he will be a good player. I had questions uh, about his ability to be a scorer in the league, Um, and I still do, because it's the first year and he's doing stuff that no one expects him to do. I mean, he's very decisive. He, he he's basically doing the same thing that he was doing um, when he was at Gonzaga. He's doing most of his damage against second units. I wonder next year when you have films on him, you have another season, if he'll be able to to score the same rate. Probably he will be like a ten year player. Yes, but I struggle to see the next level because yeah. he's not a guy who can really handle the ball and, and create something. Uh, maybe he can do like two, three dribbles and then pass the ball, but he, but his role is not that. His role is a play finisher. He can be a better version of Jeremy Grant, a guy like that, because defensively he's good as well. He's not a center in this league defensively because he's too small, I think. He can play center um, from time to time, but I think that he, he really thrives alongside a traditional center. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I struggle, again, I struggle to see the next level. Yeah. Um, and and if you tell me that you drafted at 21st, um, at 21 you draft a, a better version of Jeremy Grant, I say, well, this is a good pick. Also, maybe even a great pick. With Baisley, you hope to do a different pick. You hope to draft a better player than that. Maybe you will end up having a worse one uh, because you reach uh to to get him there uh, but i but i see the potential and i see why uh press the gamble on on a guy like Baisley. Mm-hmm. if you do a redraft today uh you probably struggle in passing on, on brandon clark and probably he's not there when you pick him no, <laughs> because no, 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 like 21 no way uh yeah he's probably gone by pick number 12 13 something like that you can even Make make a case for him going ahead of Rui Achimura. <laughs> like uh, I like the, no probably doubt. I I still pick uh, Rui because I believe in his uh, work ethic and, and and blah blah blah. But but still, he's probably a top like lottery slash near near ten pick. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have this chance. But but still, um, it's it's a very good question. I don't think it there is a rule in drafting. Um, because, like, a lot, of, a lot of the time it's what you see versus development. And I don't think there is a real recipe or the real rule for that. I mean, sometimes y- you get a guy that made four years in college in Tim Duncan and you, and you get an, an amazing player. Sometimes you get a Janis Gianni, Antetokounmpo who never played college and played minor league in Greece. And you get a guy like that or even Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, Dirk was playing second league in Germany <laughs> like, yeah. and he was just jacking up shots and, and it was not a sure thing and yet you got him i mean it's michael jordan was established wh- when he was drafted so there, there is no real rule it's just you have to trust your scouts and sometimes you reach and you, you have something sometimes you you go with the sure thing and you have something it's uh, it, it's the beauty of the draft i think that mm-hmm. there is not one way to do it, and sometimes you see the results immediately, and sometimes you have to wait a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's right. He uh, he did have the highest vorp Brandon Clark did of anybody in this la- in this last draft, which was actually yeah. quite low. I like one point five is the highest vorp uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: in this whole draft, which is which shows that I mean even Zion 0. 0.6, John Morant one point one. Uh, kind of interesting to take a look at that, and even look at last year's draft where Luca's warp was like an eight already. <laughs> so it's just it's funny it's funny to look at that particular number when it's mm-hmm. it's just a hard it's hard to be better than a replacement player in the NBA as a rookie, especially a guy in the twenties. I mean that just doesn't really happen. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's a difficult, it's just a, a fun stat to look at just, just to see whereas most of these guys are negative, you know, RJ Barrett, negative, Deandre Hunter, negative, Darius Garland, negative, Kobe White, negative, you know, all these guys, Tyler Hero, negative, Sekou Dumboya, negative. So yeah. it's just interesting. Even Basley is, is negative. So, um, I don't know. I I don't. It, I don't think it's necessarily predictive for where these guys are going to be. I mean, you look back at like other drafts. I mean, Tyreek Evans was the rookie of the year in a mm-hmm. draft in a draft that had James Harden and had um, Steph Curry. So, yeah, rookie years aren't necessarily predictive of where guys are going. And so I I would just caution people not not to say that oh, my goodness, Darius Baisley, next superstar of the Thunder because he didn't have a great rookie year. <laughs> <You> know, I <laughs> no, I mean...
1: It doesn't work like that.
0: It doesn't work like <laughs> that. But it also doesn't mean, oh, Michael Carter Williams, rookie of the year, future star of the league. It doesn't... It's They're not necessarily predictive. Rookie seasons aren't predictive of where guys are going. I mean... You can look at, you can even go back, like people will redraft a rookie class after their first year, and you can go back and read those, and they're just comical. We just don't, you just don't really know, and even, I mean, now I think that we know that Zion and John Morant, yes, superstar players in the making, but we don't know what R.J. Barrett's going to be. We don't know where Brandon Clark is going, you know, we don't know what Kobe White is going to be. You know, it seems like he's gonna be a sixth man, but could he take it up to another level? I mean it's possible. You know, I mean we just don't know. Is Nikhil Alexander Walker gonna be a bust? I mean, I don't think he is. He sure didn't have a great year in New Orleans. You know, we just don't know. I mean the the truth is that we just don't really know. And so I I would just caution people on calling, you know, Brandon Clark over Darius Baisley a complete mistake. Because it, it definitely could be. I mean, if you're calling it today, if you're just ending everything today, yeah, it was a mistake. But there's still a lot to be written on both these guys. Where Brandon Clark, like you said, like he could kind of flatten out and be this kind of player, which is a good player. A player that people would probably want on their team, for sure. But Baisley has the potential to, to go on this upward trajectory that takes him to a level that Brandon can't get to because of his ability to, to dribble, pass, and shoot. And then play defense. I mean, that's, a, that's the making of a star. And also, you, he's got to get the free throw line. You know, those are like the five things that like almost all superstars have. And Baisley has all the tools there to do all those things. Now can he put it together? The Thunder are very, very invested in Darius Baisley. I, I did suggest that maybe they include him in a package to trade him to New York along with Chris Paul in order to get a pick. I don't even know that the Thunder would even want to do that at this point. Mm-hmm. Because I think the Thunder are very invested in him, and he's also, and you can go back and listen to the interview that I did with him earlier in the season. This is a good, good guy. I mean, the character yeah. of of this of this young man is tremendous, and I think they want to have him around. He's very, very a very positive person in the locker room. He's still a little green when you talk to him. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's still a guy that's really learning and trying to soak stuff in and knows he makes mistakes, but is like willing to work on things Like he's got the right attitude, but he, when you talk to him for a few minutes, like, Oh, this guy really is 19. (laughs) You know, (laughs) he does have a maturity about him to where he understands things, but there's also like this level of, okay, yeah, this is a young, young guy, but the character that he has as a young person, I think is something the thunder really value. So, this is not somebody that's just going to be thrown in a deal. They're very invested in him, not only at the player level, certainly, but at the person level too. I mean, that's something that we, I think that we will see as the Thunder build a new team is that they very much value the kind of people that they bring into their organization. And I think that that's a, it's a good thing. You don't see a lot of knuckleheads come into to OKC. And some of them have like been considered knuckleheads like Dion waiter is even in his canter. But some of those guys are just misunderstood. Yeah, And I think the Thunder are you know, unwilling to bring in. I mean, like Kevin Porter was a guy that I was like, oh, he's available at 21 or 23. But he doesn't have a good reputation. And I don't even know if he was on the Thunder's radar. Because they're like, okay, yeah, yeah that guy's a knucklehead. We're not bringing him in. I really like Kevin Porter. I think Kevin Porter's going to be a really good pro. Uh, but he doesn't really fit the Thunder culture. And the Thunder very, very much value that. Like, you'll never see the thunder turn into the jailblazers. Like, you just won't see that happen in your lifetime, especially as long as Sam Presti is the general manager because he yeah. always really very much values the kind of people. And so I just wanted to emphasize like how great a person Darius Baisley is. If you follow him on social media, you know it. But it's it's real. It's there. Um, even when you talk to him in person, he's he's just a good person. And so... Uh, I just, I don't know. I just thought we could highlight Darius Basley and also highlight Eric's piece that you should go read on theathletic.com. The Last Dance documentary has brought up the ongoing debate that no one will ever win. Is Michael Jordan the goat? Is LeBron the goat? One thing we do know for sure is that Manscaped is the goat for men's grooming. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming and hygiene. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your snags will be reduced while designing your own triangle offense down under. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with a new and improved lawnmower 3.0 water-resistant cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscape.com and
1: use the code all one word the athletic. Can I make a very very stupid thing that no one should take seriously? <laughs> I, I don't know. You're making me
0: it, you're making me want to say no.
1: <laughs> it's 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 basically a game for you where you have to guess who has better stats in, in their first year in the league between oh. Giannis Titacumpo and theirs, basically. Oh my Okay. Who has the better warp between the two? Baze. Baze by <laughs> exactly uh, 0.1 <laughs> points. So, Janis Gian- is minus 0.2 and Basley yeah. is minus 0.1. Mm-hmm. So, who has the better box score plus minus? Oh, my. It's got to be Baze. It's the, exactly the same. So, minus okay. 2.5. Mm-hmm. Basil has actually a very negative offensive box score. Plus minus minus 0.1, but a positive yeah. defensive uh, plus minus in box score. And Janis is uh, negative in both, um, but the sum is the same. Who has uh, the better win share over 48 minutes?
0: I mean, Bazley is positive, so I guess Baisley.
1: No, it's Janis. Okay. Uh, 0.019, 0.019 in, um, for Baisley, and mm-hmm. 0.031 um for, for Janice, who has the better rebound rate? Mmm. It'd be weird if it wasn't Giannis. It's Baisley. Okay. 12% rebound rate against 10.2. Who has the better assist rate? Oh, this would also be weird if it wasn't Giannis. It's Giannis, uh, yeah. by, by far. Uh, yeah. 4.3 for Baisley and 12.1 for Janice. Uh, who has the better block rate? I think this is well, I don't know. I'm gonna go Baisley. It's Baisley, three point three against two point six. Who has the better three point rate? Oh Baisley. Basley, but I mean Janice in his first year was a a good three point shooter, thirty-four percent and change. Oh yeah. and yes, he was taking three point three threes a game. Wow. Almost thirty-five, yes. But 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 still it's Baisley. Um and like the points per 100 possession is pretty similar. Rebounds per 100 possession, better. Basely, assist, better. Giannis. I mean, it's just to say we like stats for rookies may be very misleading. Yeah. Uh, but also, these two players are not very far apart. Uh, it, they are just project. And I think what you're saying is that Basely is Giannis. Exactly this is what you're trying <laughs> to you say. Percent.
0: So thanks everybody. We have Giannis on our team right now. That's what he's trying to say, and if, you um, will, you'll see that if you go to theathletic.com dot uh, com
1: and sign up backslash down to dunk. Yes, I up. want to. Uh, I want to go back uh, twelve months and where I, when I said that the last year at Morris State for Jamarron statistically was very close to campaign. So <laughs> this is. I mean. This is why why you don't look in into stats. I mean, I, I just did, did, did this for, for fun because I wanted to go back and see how Janice did in his first season. I saw the number that were pretty identical. And so, mm-hmm. uh, but but numbers can be very misleading, especially when you have like less than a thousand minutes played for Baisley. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's still interesting to me that some of the stats are very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially the rebound rate and and the block rate, those are numbers that actually you can you look for when you try to, to to project defense, and and this is now I'm back to to seriousness. Basley has the potential to be a very good defender, and if yeah. you include the feel for the game that he has in offense, there I mean there are reasons to believe why he can have a successful career in the league. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it,
0: he's certainly an interesting player that has all the tools and can he put it together I don't know but he's the prototype of the guys that right now everybody looks at and is like ah I'd love to have that guy Pascal Siakam Giannis these fours that have length and athleticism and that can handle you know those are those are the guys right yep. now and so if you can if you can you know get one of those guys in the 20s I mean wow And it's funny that, like, both those guys, Giannis and Siakam, you know, fell in the draft. And, you know, Baisley fell in the draft. Basley fell for much different reasons because instead of playing basketball, he went to New Balance. And that was very, very weird. And had he played for Kentucky, who knows where he would have gone in the draft. But, uh, you know, the Thunder have him on their team. And we'll see where, where he goes from here. And he's healthy, which will be encouraging. And I think that we'll see him play. You know, sometime uh, in August, probably, is where the NBA's has landed. At least mm-hmm. it seems they have landed. Uh, Sham Sharania reported on Friday that the league's target date is July 31st. And so I think that we'll hear in the next couple of days uh, where exactly that's going to land. And then we'll, we'll see NBA basketball again. That includes Jerry Spaisley. With most of our listeners in and around Oklahoma City, what better way to promote your local business than through our show? make sure that you go to theathletic.com forward slash podcast ads to check it out there. You can fill out a very simple form and we'll get back to you right away. Make sure you go to theathletic.com forward slash podcast ads for your chance to advertise on down to dunk. Okay. I wanted to just kind of look, just take another look at Chris Paul and some potential trades for him. We talked about, I mean, New York just seems like the fit, especially if they hire Tom Thibodeau. Jay and I talked about that on Friday. If they hire Tom Thibodeau, I mean, Chris Paul is on the short list of guys they're going to trade for. I mean, they're going to make a trade. You don't hire Tom Thibodeau and say, this is awesome. Let's see what you can do with Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, that's, you, you don't do that. You hire Tom Thibodeau to come in and help you win now. And, if you bring in Chris Paul, great, you can win now. That's what happens. The Thunder saw that this season, and so I think that that one makes the most sense. And then, you know, I, I wanted to just look and see what other teams could potentially deal for Chris, you know, after after this season. And I just, I wanted first, I wanted your thoughts on a potential Knicks deal, and then we could talk about where else he could go.
1: I think it makes total sense. Um, let me pull out while I talk the um, the cap sheet of the Knicks just to see uh, if what can make sense in terms of a trade. Uh, granted, we don't know anything about the salary cap going forward, so that that is yeah. a huge complication. I think this is the. I mean, the fact that the, the salary cap will shrink a bit, at least, uh, even if they it out, it will probably be less than what it was projected three months ago. Yeah. Um, so this is the bad news for KC. Um, OK, so the Knicks have a ton of players that can serve as cap filler. Yeah. Um, that could also so be waived
0: got, as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think space. I think that's. The best move for Knicks is not to trade for Chris Paul in their cap space. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you want to first trade uh, for uh, like other guys uh, and fill your cap space or, or sign guys um, to to complement the team. And then you go uh, with, um, with the CPT trade by using the 100 percent. 120 uh, percent rule. Basically, yeah. you get 120 percent of the salary that you you send away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the way to do it because otherwise, if you if you try to do Paul first, then you shrink your cap space too much. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, And this opened, by the way, to the possibility to trade for both uh, Chris Paul and and Danilo Gallinari. It might be a little bit hard to do, but I think it makes sense uh, for the Knicks to have those two players. Uh, You basically replicate a combo that was already working. And it's not that the the price that will dramatically change if you do that. Um, Okay, what I look for in a trade with the Knicks, I think that you need to get at least... A good young player, uh, which probably is going to be in Telekina because he has a good salary to be matched with, uh, to be a match for Chris Paul's one, mm-hmm. and and probably pick number well the projected pick number six or wherever wherever it lands, it's it will not be um, there for Chris Paul. But maybe the later pick that they have, like number twenty seven, who doesn't sound very good, um, it's maybe you can get that. And then you can package 27 and 20, whatever you have from uh, from Denver and try to move ahead for a few of a few few spots. Or maybe you just take two flyers on two players at at 20, 27 and 24, 25. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that is actually obtainable for trade uh, where you send out Chris Paul, because I mean, I think he he will probably lead the Knicks to the playoffs. He has been that good. Mm-hmm. The thing is, you can, you can also say, well, this was just a lucky season in terms of injury. Uh, and you cannot really say that it wasn't because he was <laughs> completely healthy. He played yep. basically the entire season, uh, a very good amount of minutes. Uh, so I don't know. Um, and the problem is that if it's not New York, you don't have the same... Uh, amount of contenders for, for Chris Paul, yeah. if the cup shrinks too much. That's right, it, so that is that is the issue because the Knicks can say, well, yeah, we will trade for him, but we will just give you a package with uh, Bobby Portis, um, Wayne Ellington, Alfred Payton, and Tila Kina. And that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. This I, I think it, this kind of works in terms of uh, money. And like find a better offer. And I don't know if there will be one. Probably as the number, like the, the the cap number will be defined, we will have a better measure uh, of who can be in place for, who can make a bet for for Chris Paul. But as of today, it's hard to see many teams. I mean, you can see Miami. Um, yeah. But, but again, Miami, what's the offer? It's just a bunch of guys and maybe, uh, I don't know, a lesser protection of one of their picks, of their picks, or maybe two second rounders, something like that. It's not that the Knicks will have um, will, will struggle in competing for for an offer, and they have 27, which I think will be the best asset that OKC can get in a trade like that. Maybe if you have like five teams bidding for Chris Paul, then maybe you can convince the Knicks somehow to get to 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 give you the, the best pick. Maybe you include Ferguson or Diallo or whatever to sweeten um, the deal a little bit on your side, but it's it will be hard to get more than 27, I think.
0: Yeah, Chris has just had such a good year and has proven not only to be a good player, but a guy that can come in and help your team culture, which yeah. the Knicks are in desperate need of. And so I just, I just wonder. And also another team I just wonder about is Orlando. Yeah. I mean, they've got salary, enough salary to be able to take on Chris Paul and still have talent on your team. I mean, you don't have to give up Jonathan Isaac or Fultz or Bamba or Aaron Gordon or Vucevic and you can still make the trade. And so I just wonder, that's a, that's a team that I feel like if you had Chris Paul with Vucevic and Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac, okay, like that's something, that's something much better than what you have in the Eastern conference. And you run that team for two years and you see what you can do. And if nothing happens in 2 years, then you have time, then you can just reset. You're going to make the playoffs for those 2 years as long as Chris Paul is healthy. I and mean, you're in the you're in the playoffs. You stay in the mix. You make you make
1: could be the 5th seed in the in the East. If you what's, do that. What's what's the trade for you? You just basically do a sign in trade uh with DJ Augustin and you attach Ivan Fournier, uh Alfred Camino, and Terrence Ross or yeah. Well, maybe you don't need to include Terrence Ross if you sign If you, do, do, if you to you do August
0: offer. If you do Augustine and you sign and trade, then you're, then you're there.
1: Yeah, it's good. But yeah, that will need, uh, I think, you need to attach an, uh, an asset, like a real asset. It can be Chuma Okiki or yeah. their pick this year. I would yeah. rather have Chuma Okiki, to be honest. Even if you, we don't then know about the pick. knee... Yeah, I think I mean, I, I really like Dokiki And I think he's um yeah. he's a guy that you can Put in any kind of offense And he will just work mm-hmm. Because he's a shooter uh, You can play two guys Like you can play him and Basley Together with two guards And he will mm-hmm. probably be fine Um, He's probably more a four than a three So maybe with Basley, I don't know But And it also depends who's there at 15 So if it's a uh, draft night trade then you can just try to see if there is a guy that is still on the board at 15 and just pick him mm-hmm. um because like the fact that you have to sign augustine to at least two plus one it means that you have that player uh, in okc for two years it's hard to ship augustine unless it's a very very good contract or you immediately find uh, the partner that wants DJ augustine mm-hmm. and then i don't see that be even if Augustine had a like a good season, a good stint in Orlando, I don't see like many teams wanting him at a say twelve million price point, which is probably what you can sign him for. Maybe yeah. $12, 11 and ten, something like thirty-three million in, in three years.
0: Yeah, he's it, just it another really pro hard. to have on your team. Like I said, they the Thunder very much value players that are good guys, professional, that come in and work. Augustine's yeah, a guy that's yeah. not gonna take you to the middle. Like he's just a guy that's just gonna be there. You know, he'll, he'll, yeah. he's a placeholder pro point guard that can help SGA and not raise the ceiling of your team to a playoff team. <laughs> you know, that's that's kind no, of the no, guys that you're looking for. And if you have to pay him 12 million bucks, I don't think Thunder are really gonna care if you have to pay him 12 million bucks. Especially if you can either get Okiki or get their draft pick this year, then I think yeah. it's okay. Who cares? It's great bring the guy in you're gonna lose a ton of games and you know maybe maybe he's a guy that you buy out and he goes to you know play for a playoff team in the 2021 yeah. playoffs or something like that
1: yeah and maybe you don't ha- even have to do to, to go that high i mean you can go slightly above the mid-level exception especially if the cup shrinks yeah like say that the cap is, is lower by 10 millions, mm-hmm. uh, then you, re- you are really looking to into a salary that goes around 9 millions to start, or mm-hmm. 9.5, mm-hmm. which 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 is okay. And if you include Alfa Rucamino, I, I, I don't know if you want to include him, if you are Lando, because he is a player that is useful to you, um, then he is a guy that you can ship immediately to, you can reroute immediately to somewhere else, because oh, a player yeah. like that isn't, like... A team like golden state or a team like the lakers i mean the lakers would want to get alfred camino oh, or yeah. i mean even the clippers like any contender will want a guy around like nine million and a half whatever i mean he's making uh short contract because it's and he it ends up in 2021 2022 so it's just two more seasons at below 10 millions he i think is a is a good get you can even Sign him back. Send him back to Portland. I think they will need him. Um So, oh yeah, so, yeah. there I mean,
0: won't be a shortage. I mean, he's a he's a wing, you know, three four that can hit a three and defend. Like every yeah. every single team needs that coming off the bench or starting or whatever. Every team needs that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, yes, there there is. A, Orlando is a is a good candidate. Um Let Let us discuss Miami because I think. It's interesting. It's still interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, of course, the salary to make it work because they have Olenek. Um, as they have Iguodala. Uh, they have, well, they will not have Myers-Leonard because they, I don't think they will. Um, well, you can you can sign and trade Solomon Hill, Myers-Leonard, Goran Dragic, but I don't think they will do it. Um, yeah, probably not. Yeah. The fact is that Miami probably doesn't want to have that kind of salary for the next two years. Right.
0: That's that's the only thing with Miami. And they're already good. It's, yeah. That's the thing with Orlando and with the Knicks is that they have been struggling to just be a competent team for years. Mm-hmm. And to me, those teams, they'd be great Chris Paul candidates. You have them for two years. You kind of help bring some of your guys up. And then you decide what you're going to do. Miami's already really good. I mean, that's, yeah. they've got guys that are developing in their system. Tyler Hero, Bam Bio. You have Jimmy Butler already. You can probably re-sign Goran Dragic and bring him back in at a lower number. If you like any of those other guys, you can probably re-sign them as well. And, and go forward. Kendrick Nunn, even. Uh, Duncan yeah. Robinson. You've got young guys to develop. And you have the vet and Jimmy Butler to help them. And even Iguodala, who's going to be around for a little while. So you've got a team, and I, I think if you had Chris Paul to that team, that's a horrifying team to play in the playoffs. Like Jimmy Butler, Chris Paul, Bam Adebayo. That's a that's a great trio, and if you could find a way to make that happen, you could win the East. I mean, the East is up
1: for grabs right now. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I would put them ahead of Milwaukee, even even if Chris Paul is there. I don't know, man.
0: I. I I I agree. Milwaukee is very, very good. If you had that team though, I mean that would be I mean, as good as Chris Paul has been, and as good as Jimmy Butler has been this year, I don't know. I th- I think it makes it very interesting. And you have a guy in Bam that you can throw on Giannis. Not that he can stop Giannis, but you have the type of player that if you were look if you were to design a player to stop Giannis, you know, Bam is one of those guys. So
1: Suppose that someone calls you, that they want Chris Paul, but mm-hmm. you have to take in Tobias Harris. Yeah. What do you ask? Oh, boy. Because, I mean, I, I thought about, about Al Horford, but yeah. it doesn't really make sense in terms of, um, Philadelphia's cap sheet. It's, Horford's salary is too low. You have to attach at least Mike Scott, Zares Smith. And, and then you are up for a gazillion money in terms of luxury tax. Right. Instead, if you trade Tobias and Zare you basically, it's basically a neutral move for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you are already committed to that kind of money. And it's clear to me that Philadelphia is not working yeah. as, as, as it's supposed to, as they thought it would. But it's five years of Tobias Harris <laughs> starting at years. 35 millions and no one will sniff out well no one will get taking yeah. that counter unless somehow a team like Golden State says well we don't really want Wiggins you can have your Canada team there in OKC and we will just swap him for Tobias but yeah like something like that but suppose that it's just Tobias and you have to you you have to require an asset from Philadelphia. What kind of assets we are we are talking about?
0: Yeah, I, What do they even have to give? That's that attractive. Oh oh, it it will be future picks for me. Right. I mean, if you, I, I mean, like the the same thing that they did last summer with the Clippers, like kick the can as far down the road as possible and give me those picks. Unprotected. So
1: 2023 or 2025, something like that. Yeah. Give me 2023
0: and 2025, unprotected. And you got yourself a deal. I'd wow. do that. Oh, yes. Oh,
1: yes. Yes. yes the yes, problem, of
0: course. The problem, and I, maybe just one of those, and I would do it. But the problem is Tobias Harris, Stephen Adams, Shay. Like, that's already like too far toward the middle for me.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know that's that's that trio. That's pretty good, especially if Schroeder's is going to be around for another year. The team's too good, and that's why I'd prefer like the, I'd prefer the Orlando trade, just because that oh, that makes you much worse. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, the Knicks trade. Oh wow, okay, great. Now we know for sure that we're letting Gallo go. We're going to let Schroeder, We're going to find a landing spot for Schroeder. and then our best players are Shea. Adams, and then who's our third best player? Is it Basley? Is it Ferguson? Yeah. Is it, is Hami step up and be our third best player? Who cares? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who it is. And that's, that's the team that's like, great. Mm. Let's get this, let's get this show on the road. Uh, I'll be in Stillwater, you know, five or six times in, in the next college basketball year to see if we can get the number one pick in the draft. This is great. This is great. But, you don't want to be picking at twelve, yeah. Whenever you're, whenever you're tearing down, you don't want to be that team that's like, "Oh, well, it's it's February. Can the Thunder, you know, scrap and make the playoffs?" No, I don't want to be that team. <laughs> I don't want to be. I don't want to be the Kings. Like the Kings are have been this team that are picking from eight to twelve, like for forever. You don't want to be that team. You want to be the team that that gets down and and picks at. In the top five for three or four years, maybe you grab, like like the Sixers, and you grab a couple guys, you maybe you know, hit on one, and the Thunder have the luxury of already having one that's already hit, and then you go from there. And that's what you want. But it's, it's a crapshoot. But the good thing about these next two drafts, at least, is that these next two drafts are seen as very high-level drafts. Yeah. And these are the picks that you want to have control over. Everybody's like, well, you got all these picks in the future for these other teams. Why do you need to tank at all? Because you, need, you need to have control. The only picks you have control over are your own. Yeah. I predict that the Houston Rockets are going to suck in the next three or four years. I think that will happen. <laughs> Is that a guarantee? Yeah. No. Is yeah. it a guarantee that those Clippers picks will be anything but you know bad picks? I don't know. They could be. They could lose it's both unlikely, guys in the next but... three years. And then what happens to that franchise? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. And yeah, that's you, no one knows. But those are ice, Those picks are icing on the cake. And the cake is your own picks. That's what yeah. this whole thing is going to be about. And it's going to be hard regular seasons to get through. I recognize that. But you want Cade Cunningham. you You have to be bad. You have to be bad. Yeah really bad
1: uh so what about tony snell and derrick rose plus this year pick of detroit you're putting I together they, old lob city in detroit <laughs> yeah I, I don't think i uh, that that would be bad that would be i mean chris that would be chris, so chris, sad oh my goodness chris I cannot. Be, yeah chris would be so mad but but if they call you yeah can you really say no to that what's the derrick rose and tony snell uh it's twenty millions. Okay. But but no they asset? don't have any salary. Oh the the number five pick or Luke Kennard or Seko Dumbuya. I don't know. One of those. I don't think they trade Dumbuya.
0: I heard I mean well, Kennard was on the trade block, I guess. Yeah, let's say Kennard. I'd do that in a heartbeat, man.
1: I like Luke Kennard. Yeah, me too. I you like him a good as a S G A. Oh, oh me too. Me too. It's it's twenty five million. Uh, roughly in salary, you can immediately send Derrick Rose wherever if he doesn't want to stay because it's just one year. Uh, and the same is the same goes for Tony Snell, who is terrifying to watch. So mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've been always scared by Tony Snell. I don't know why, uh, but it's it's a good it's a good player to have on a bad team because he will yeah. not demand many shots. He will hit some, um, and and yeah, and, and also, I mean, on the last year of his deal. Maybe in February you can say, "Well, you know what? Tony Snell is hitting forty percent of his shots and like nearing ten points a game. Yeah, contender number two on on, let just just take him for a second round pick, and that's Mm -hmm. it.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I would do that. Yeah, I would do that too. That would just be very very sad to see Lob City Part Two in Detroit.
1: Yeah, you know, it's (laughs) it's it's just too bad for Chris to do something like that. Well. But but maybe but maybe who knows?
0: Yeah. I mean at this point the Thunder have got. will have to do something, you know, to help them. Also, it's it doesn't it doesn't help that Chris Paul is the president of the Players Association and has a pretty loud voice. Yeah, you know, you you have to you have to do him a favor of some sort. Well,
1: yes, but but if that tra- yes, but if you are suppressed and really the trade is is out there. I mean, can you really say no just to please Chris Paul? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, it,
0: it also depends. I mean, if he in Ethan Strauss's book about the Warriors, they talked about how there was a Chris Paul for Steph Curry and Clay Thompson trade on the table, and Chris Paul nixed it. So wow, New Orleans would have had. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. And the Warriors get Chris Paul. Chris Paul told the Warriors, Hey, you can do this. I am not resigning I am not staying in Golden State. There's no way.
1: Well, this is not an issue for this, right? He has two years. Yeah, he doesn't have he can, two he, can, he, can, he can move on from, me from like, yeah, that, that he will probably tell them there's no way. I just forego my my player mm-hmm. option, and I will never show up for training camp. Yeah, it's it's probably a no go for that for that reason. Yeah, like they like his probably the next team of Chris Paul will have to get full commitment, uh, one way or another. I mean, maybe there's a team that let's let's just try out one year. If it works, we are glad to pay forty four. If not, you are out of of town. Maybe mm-hmm. it's. Maybe it also works in that direction. I don't know. It's it's hard also for that reason because I don't think that in New York, Chris Paul will be uh, will be displeased by a trade that yeah. gets him that ships him to New York. Yeah, the, there is no way to put him in Los Angeles, like no absolute no. way, unless unless the Thunder say, "Well, we will pay two years of um, Cantavius Caldwell-Pope thirty-five millions just to, <laughs> to please Chris Paul." There's no, but way. you have to give me. I don't know. Whatever you didn't give to to New Orleans, um, which is... Again, there's not. I mean, you like and Horton Tucker? No, I'm. I mean, like 2027. 20, I'm protected first round pick plus a swap in 2028 20, that you cannot commit to to yet. So it's right. it's it's just impossible to send him there.
0: Yeah, it's that's too difficult. He'll have to join LeBron James when in two years. <laughs> yeah, he'll have to take the. Mid level, and then go join him. Which yeah. he's, I think he'd still be a good player. Then yeah, he showed he showed a lot this year,
1: and so it's, plus thirteen point four in on off. It's pretty good. It was just yeah, it's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think that he
0: would certainly help. He would certainly yep. help. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our show. It's it is just a hard time to be in this world, and. I don't really have the words to say Uh, I was I'm just hopeful that maybe we can help you guys escape for a little bit from, you know, it's the coronavirus is still out and it's still scary. You know, all all the stuff that's going on in the United States with the division and the racism uh, and the and the protesting, you know, I I stand by people that are protesting peacefully. I think it's I think it's the right thing to do at this point. In time, I think that it's it's good to draw attention to this problem, uh, and so I, I stand with the people that are protesting and protesting peacefully. I think it's it's necessary because it is a problem that has been persistent and has just been continued to be ignored. And so, uh, I think it's a good thing. It's a conversation that you know I'm I'm having with my children, not not about you know exactly what's happening out there because it's a that's something that's hard to swallow as an adult, but as a kid, you know, I'm, we're just talking about how do we treat other people? How are we, how do we handle ourselves? And the, and the truth that we're trying to put in into our kids is we treat everybody the same, that we treat everybody with kindness, you know, regardless of how they look or act or talk, we're going to treat them with kindness. And that's, that's how, that's that's what we're that's what we're doing that's something that I feel like I can do to help make a difference um and it's hard it's hard because that you you say I say I feel like I'm doing that to make a difference but it feels like it doesn't even make a dent in the problem that we have yeah. um so I hope that our show can just help serve as a way to just kind of escape for at least for an hour you know from all the problems there are enough podcasts and enough content out there on all of this that you can consume that will give you good information. I'm, I'm not going to be a source of good information, but I hope that we can help you guys and have helped you guys through just difficult times. And there are more difficult times to come. Uh, it's it's very clear. So uh, if you're if you're looking for that from from us, <laughs> I don't I don't have the right words to say. I'm I'm sorry, but I can provide you guys with a little bit of an escape so that's if you're we're looking from that from me i'm just wanting to tell you that my way to contribute at least to to you guys is just by giving you some content to escape so that's just my intention i don't I want you guys to think that i'm just being quiet because i'm i'm don't you know stand with a certain group because i do uh but
1: i just wanted to be able to say that uh same same here and it's very it's, it's a, if it's difficult for you uh you live in in that country for us uh europeans it's it's extremely hard even to to get good informations uh, i restrain myself to retweet to um comment on things that are going online right now because it's it's really hard uh, i mean i have a brother uh, who is, um, he was born in africa so he, my my family actively decided to um, to make him part of the family. So you, you can guess um, where I stand in this. But again, it's, it's hard to find the good words, to find the good info to, to support uh, and to have a clear idea of what is happening there. Um, just, I just want to say that I'm, I'm near the guys who, as you said, peacefully protest um, and stands for equality between every human race. Mm-hmm. Uh, around the world not mm-hmm. just um, in the US or wherever
0: yeah yeah. I think it's I think it's where where we should be and I think it, it you know it makes sense so hope you guys have a great day a great week we are going to record a new episode of the Deborah Buckets Trivia Hour it's going to be different the uh, the Ketchup Kings uh, prevailed and crushed the Kyle Three Man Weavers and so uh, there will somehow be new teams. I don't, I'm a, kind of afraid of what it might look like based on Alex's Twitter post on Friday, or I guess maybe that was Thursday. Uh, I'm terrified of what that could be like, <laughs> but that will be, I think we'll record it tonight, so look, you can look for that on our YouTube page. Just search Down to Dunk on YouTube. Just subscribe to that page, and it will give you an alert of when we go live, so it's fun to watch live. It's a different perspective uh, to check out, so if, I will have it recorded and then i'll edit it for wednesday as well but just know that the wednesday show is always chopped down to as close to an hour as i can get it and the the actual recordings are usually closer to two hours so it's fun it's fun to watch it's a nice it's another nice escape if you want if you're looking for that so be sure to watch us on youtube and subscribe to our page have a great day Uh, We're thinking and and praying for for all of you and certainly for for our country and for our world right now. And um, we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.